This morning, we are not going to talk about the Minefield series. That's almost coming to an end, about one or two more services. But I did mention with you last week from this message that we should be careful about complaintitis. Be careful about complaintitis because it is a spiritual sickness that people are infected with self-pity, frustration, disappointment, and most of all, lack of trust in God. Now, let me ask you, have you experienced any or all of these at at least one point in your life? Yes or no? Yes. So we are all guilty. Yes or no? Yes. But praise God, our guilt, Jesus brought with him on the cross. And he paid for all of our sins. The challenge to us is to live this out on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. To accept what God allows to come into our lives and to keep on trusting God no matter what. Don't be like this person who Paul writes about in Romans chapter 9. Oh man who answers back to God. The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Will it? So who is the potter? God. Who is the clay? Us. So if God wants to mold us, to shape us into a particular shape, what should you and I be willing to do? Let Him. Have you ever seen or gone to some of the malls? They have that, right? For young kids, you can go and make pottery. Have you seen that? The arts and crafts, they have this in the mall sometimes. Or you can go to the, 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 to the art school. Have you seen the clay trying to wiggle its way out of the potter's hand? Have you? None. Nobody has seen that, right? Because the clay... The shape of the clay is completely dependent on how the potter shapes it. It could be a plate. It could be a teapot. It could be a bowl. It could be a cup. But that is the sole prerogative of the one shaping the clay. Now, I shared with you how do we stop complaining. We should take responsibility we should trust God and we should thank God. If you really trust God, you know that has, God has a good and perfect plan for you. Correct? So if you really trust God, you know, and I hope you've memorized it at least, that Romans 8.28 says that we know that in all things, God works together for good to those who love God and are called according to to his purpose. If you feel like complaining, take responsibility. Thank God and trust God. And I'm almost certain enough to assure you that your perspective on your situation will change. 
Before we continue with this morning's message, let's commit this time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to come and worship you as we were challenged this morning to forget none of your benefits. Father, indeed, we are so blessed. So blessed that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. So blessed to be part of a spiritual family. And so blessed to be one day headed for eternity with you. Father, as we have the liberty of sharing your word, will you just speak to all of us, Lord God? Speak to me and speak through me so that your people will hear your words. And as we hear your word, accept it and apply it in our individual and collective lives. Be glorified, we pray, and let no one leave this place unchanged by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So stop complaining. But I told you last week that there is a thin line between complaining about God and complaining to God. What's the difference? Is there such a thing? What is this? What is that? Huh? It's a what? It's an L. Oh, very good visual. What is that? That is the X and the Y axis, correct? It's also an L. It's all a matter of perspective. See, L. Oh, nandu sa likod. Oh, no problem. Right? Now, what's on one side? Expectations. Yes? What's the other one? Reality. In, a, in an ideal and perfect world, your expectations is exactly the same as your reality. Right? If your expectation meets with your reality, or your reality meets with your expectation, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Oh, happy day. Tama ba? Yes or no? If you're alive, your answer will be yes. Because everything is good. What I expect really happens. My reality is congruent with the expectation. Everything is good, right? But when your reality does not meet your expectation or your expectation does not meet your reality, you have this. The difference between your expectation and your reality, what is that? That is called a gap. For us in the business community, we always do this. Gap analysis. Yes or no? In my line of work, when the employee does not come on time, your report time, for example, is 7. Based on our handbook, you are responsible to be at your workstation at 7 o'clock. Your computer is already on and you're already working. It doesn't say that you can come to your workstation at 7 and then eat your breakfast and then do your makeup, okay? And then brush your teeth and then go to the toilet 
and then come and start working at 7.45. So you have a gap. Expectation is 7 o'clock. You began to work at 7.45. We have an audit report. I can see what time you logged in, what windows on the computer you actually worked on, what time you logged off. So in our last meeting, I said, this is what we're going to do. If there is a discrepancy, if there is a gap between what I say and what you say, we'll go to the computer and see what the reality is. We're not going to criticize each other. You said you come in at 7. I see that you didn't work until 7.20. You say, but I did. So let's go to the computer and settle the gap. We call that a gap analysis. All right? For this morning, I want you to have a gap. Pastor, why are you teaching us to have a gap? Well, this gap is really an acrostic. Go ahead and pour. Go ahead and poor. If your reality does not meet your expectation or your expectation does not meet your reality, my encouragement to all of you this morning is go ahead and pour. What do you mean? As I about to share with you from Psalm 142, just seven verses, it's a very short psalm. The background is this. The people of Israel wanted a king. God told them, you're not happy with me as your king? Okay. God gives them the first king, King Saul. He was proud. So God removed the kingdom from King Saul and gave it to King David. But not only was King Saul very proud, he became very angry. Because the people were singing and chanting, King Saul killed thousands, but David killed 10,000. So King Saul decided that he will kill David. Now, as King Saul was pursuing David, he was not yet king during that time because he had not yet been anointed as king. Why? Because King Saul was still alive. So King Saul was trying to kill King David. Whose plan is it that King Saul would be replaced? Whose? Gising ba kayo? Whose plan is it that King Saul would be replaced by David? God. Right? So this is God's plan. If it is God's plan, will it happen? When? In God's time. Right? But there is a gap. God, you promised I will be king. But there is still a king. And now this king is 
pursuing me so that he can kill me, so that he can continue to be king. Now, in that pursuit, David and his men got hold up. They hid inside a cave. Now, you know why there was that echo. That I said, maybe it's prophetic. He got hold up in a cave. When he was holed up in a cave, this is what he said. Let's read it together. Psalm 142, this is a psalm of David when he was holed up in that cave. Let's read it together. I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare my trouble before Him. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. In the way where I walk, they had hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me. There is no escape for me, no one who cares for my soul. I cried out to the Lord, to you, O Lord, I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Go ahead. Pour. Don't complain about God to other people. Pour your heart out to God. Go ahead. Pour. Why pour? Because God hears. God hears. I cry out with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. What is... King David doing in verse 2, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare my trouble before him. But what do we do? Labu talaga ni God eh. I didn't want to be king. Why will God make me king? Now look, King Saul wants to kill me. You find yourself in that place? God, why did you allow this? I didn't ask for this. Why are you allowing it? Now look at what I'm going through. Go ahead and pour. But pour out your complaint to God. David said, I will cry aloud with my voice. I make my supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint to the Lord. I declare my trouble before Him. Remember last week I shared with you that Miriam and Aaron grumbled against God's decision to have Moses lead the people? And because of their grumbling, what happened? The people grumbled. And God decided... Family meeting. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. 
And the cloud descended. The cloud, the presence of God descended. And then God told Aaron and Miriam, with others, I speak through this, through that. But with Moses, I speak face to face. And when the cloud lifted up, Aaron and Miriam were full of leprosy. Why? Because their complaining, their grumbling affected the other people. Instead of pouring their complaint to God, they complained to other people. And your complaining, my complaining, is infectious. It affects other people. Just try it. Look for your most complaining co-worker. And spend five minutes with that co-worker. And before you know it, yeah, you're right. That director, that vice president, pour out your complaint. Why? Because God hears. First Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Let's read this. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears attend to their prayer. Does God hear you? Is God listening? Look at the second part. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Diba you? Couple to couple or parents and children? Do you hear me? Yes. What did I say? Why? Because they heard the words, but they really didn't pay attention. They didn't really listen. They really did not attend to your words. Don't say God is not listening to you. Because Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2 says, Behold, the, the Lord's hand is not too short that He cannot save, nor His ear too dull that it cannot hear. The problem is in verse 2. But your iniquities have se made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so He does not hear. God hears. But when we are stuck in sin, He does not pay attention. Praise God. He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, not only to forgive us of our sins, but cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Open the blind eye. What else? Open our ears. You feel that God is far away? You feel that God is not listening? May I encourage you. Ask the Lord. Lord, do I have any unconfessed sin? Because I cannot see your face and I cannot hear your voice. Pour out your complaint to God for He hears. Second, why should I go and pour ahead, go ahead and pour my complaint to God? Because God knows. He knows you through and through. Paul wrote, we only know so much at this time. 
But there will come a time that we will know everything. The time is when we are already in heaven. Because he hears, because he knows. Psalm 142. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. In the way where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. David poured his complaint to God because David knew that God knew. God, this is your plan for me, right? So you must know something that I don't know, right? So I pour my complaint to you because you knew my path. Psalm 139 verse 1 to 4 says, O Lord, you search me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Go ahead, pour. Pour it out to God. Because not only does He hear, He knows. He knows exactly what's going on with you. Some of you have this as your favorite verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Who knows? Declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Oh, pastor, that's my favorite verse. How did you know? I don't know. But do you know the context of Jeremiah? God allowed the people to be overtaken by the Babylonians. And God told them, you submit to the Babylonians because when you do that, I will bless you. And as the Babylonians are blessed, you will also be blessed. Why? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You are in captivity. What is your natural response? Why did you bring us here? Why do you allow us to be captive? God says, you follow them. And when I prosper them, you will also be prospered. Why? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You pour. Go ahead, pour. Why? Because God hears and God knows. He knows everything. It was his plan from the get-go that Saul would be replaced by King David. And if God says, this is going to happen, it's going to happen. And God will do whatever it takes for His promise to be fulfilled. Jeremiah 12. I told you last week, Jeremiah also complained. Righteous are you, O Lord, that I would plead my case with you. Indeed, I would discuss matters of justice with you why has the way of the wicked prosper why are all these who deal in treachery at ease even jeremiah even he poured out his complaint to god 
He discussed it with God. He pled his case to God. He discussed the matter with God. He didn't discuss it with other people. He went to the source. God hears. God knows. And God cares. Verse 4. Look, at, look to the right and see. For there is no one who regards me. There is no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. Is that true? Is that true? No. Who cares for you? God. Who put you in that situation? God. So if God put you in that situation, you can rest assured that God is going to get you out of that situation. Yes or no? Because God cares for you. Verse 5, I cried to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. God hears, God knows, God cares. 1 Peter chapter 5, 5 through 7. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your anxiety or casting all of your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you so much that you and God being separated from each other because of our sin, God cares for us so much that He would send His one and only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to become man so that He can take your sin and mine, so that He can die on the cross, so that you and I could be set free. How dare we therefore say, God doesn't care for me. Oh, woe is me. Oh, you just don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, I don't know what you're going through, but I assure you this, God knows. And God cares. And not only does God care, He is your refuge. Psalm 18, verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Go ahead, pour. Pour it to the rock of your salvation. Your stronghold. Your deliverer. Because God hears, because God knows, because God cares, and because God's timing is perfect. My timing is many times it's off, but God's timing is perfect. Psalm 142, give heed to my crime, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. For they are too strong for me. You're stuck in a cave. 
you're fleeing King Saul and his army, whose desire is to kill you. You go over here, he pursues you. You go over there, he pursues you. You try to go anywhere, you have enemies around you. That's the mindset of King David. He has nowhere to go, to the left, to the right. He is being pursued by someone who wants to take his life. Very easy to say, God, you put me in this situation. Why in the world did you put me in this situation? Now he wants to kill me. Why did you want to make me king? I didn't ask for it. And now this person pursues me day and night. And he wants to kill me. When is this going to end? Have you ever experienced like that? That you are at the end of your wits. God, how long? How long, oh God? God's timing is perfect. That's why you can go ahead and pour out your heart to God because His timing is perfect. Habakkuk. That's what I, when I was uh, looking at this, I remembered why these are one of the favorite books of uh, Pastor Reggie because he works for Cook. Coca-Cola. Habakkuk. This is his advertising. Habakkuk. Okay. Okay, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me. Oh, the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision. Ascribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is set. For what? For the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, though it is late, though it is postponed, though it is not your desired timing, wait for it. Why? It will certainly come. It will not delay. Your timetable is not the same as God's timetable. Remember I shared with you just a few slides ago, First Peter, Humble yourselves, therefore, at the mighty hand of God. And what? In due time. Whose time? God's time. Okay, God, no problem. I will wait. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. In a thousand years as a day. Very tempting to answer back to God and to complain about God because you and I expect God to answer our prayers in a certain way and in a certain timetable. And when the gap is there, when your expectation is not in agreement with your reality, 
the temptation to complain about God is present. Because God's timing is perfect. Romans chapter 5 says this, that God sent Jesus Christ just at the right time. It was right historically. It was right politically. It was right spiritually. It was the perfect time. That's why Paul wrote in Ephesians, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. God's timing is perfect. You know why? Because God knows everything. We think that it is the right time. God knows better. So what does He do? He delays. He's not going to give it to you. Because it's not yet the right time. When it is the right time, it will happen. You see, I also praise God for David because even when he was stuck in that cave, at one time, he was hiding in the cave and King Saul went into the cave. And his men with him said, Boss, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Let us slay him. But because David knew his God, he said, it is not for me to lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. You know, sometimes we think that this is God's perfect time. I can eliminate the problem. So what does he do? He cuts a piece of the robe of King Saul. And then as the pursuit continued, King Saul, I had the opportunity to take your life. But if God wants me to be king, it will not be based on any of my actions. It is easy for me to kill you and be king. But it is not God's appointed time. So I'm going to pour to God. God, to the left, to the right, I have nowhere else to go. I'm surrounded. So I pour my complaint to you. You put me into this situation I trust that you will get me out of it. Lastly, because God can change. And who is He going to change? Me. Many times, we ask God, God, will you change this person? God, will you change that person? God, will you change the situation? We have news for you. Psalm 142. 
Bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me. You will deal bountifully with me. Sometimes we feel that we are imprisoned by our situations. We cannot do anything anymore about it. So we choose to cry out and complain about God. Forgetting that God may have put you in that situation. Not to change the situation, but to change you. Knowing that we know that in all things God works together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God changed my situation. What if God is saying, no, I want to change you. I want to change your perspective. I want to change your attitude. I want to change the, look, the way you look at things around you. Instead of complaining, give thanks. Instead of complaining, praise God. Instead of complaining, trust God. I want to change you. And I'm allowing this situation to get your attention because I want to change you. Isaiah 18 verse 6. Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. How can we tell God? Why can we tell God? How dare we tell God? God, why did you allow this? Can I not? Says God to the house of Israel. I'm the potter. You're just the clay. You're the clay. You will walk off from the potter's table. Ah, you know? Have you seen a clay do like that? Of course nothing. It never happened because the clay only conforms to the image that the potter wants. Isaiah 64 verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. Many times we love Romans 8.28. We don't like verse 29. For those whom God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed, to be shaped, to be molded into the image and likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. So if God wants to mold you this way, God will allow certain things, God can allow certain things to move you that way. Yes or no? And if God wants you, you to move this way, what will He do? In song, go this way. Huh? <laughs> okay. Mm. Ah, okay. It's really up to you. Lord, remove this temptation. Have you prayed that way? Right? Look at this. No temptation has overtaken you but, what is but such as is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, what? Provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. 
God, remove the temptation. What did God say? All of us are tempted. What is God's promise? He is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able. God, remove the temptation. But with the temptation, He will provide you a way out. So that you can endure. Instead of asking God to change the situation, let's ask God, God, change me. Change my perspective. Change the way I see things around me. Because you are the potter and I am the clay. Apply that to anything. Your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children, with your finances, with your work. Apply that. And God will change the way you view things. God will change the way you view your situation. And God will change the way you view other people. And God might even show you something new about yourself. So what will I do, Pastor? I'm guilty of a lot of what you've been sharing with me. So what do I do? From Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, God does not hear because our sins have covered or hidden His face. So first thing is we must come clean before God. Confess, God, God is there something is there a sin that I'm still clinging on? Because the psalmist wrote, if praise was on my lips and if I cherished sin in my heart, God would not hear. So ask God, search me, O God, if there be any evil way within me. Confess. Second, Isaiah 1.18, God says, come now. Let's reason together. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be as white as snow. They are red like crimson. They will be like wool. But I like verse, the first part. Come. Let's reason together. Let's talk about it. You pour your complaint to me. Talk about it. Job did that. And God answered him. Come, let us reason together. Don't be like Romans 9. Oh man who answers back. Oh man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make it like this, will it? Jesus Christ says this, Come to me, all of you. Can we read this together? Come to me, all of you, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for my souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Jesus is merely extending an invitation. He's asking, come. You are weary. You are heavy laden. You feel overwhelmed. Sa Tagalog, nasaklubang ka na ba? What is Jesus Christ telling us? Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I, the person of Jesus Christ, will give you rest. Come to me, you will find rest for your weary soul. Why? For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Many times we, we can't let go of the burden. Why? Because we're disobedient. What do you mean, Pastor? Cast all. Cast all of your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. Have you done all? Have you cast all? Okay, God, this is heavyweight problem to. This is for you. Ito, yakang yako to God. I can do this. I don't need you involved on this part. To, to, bigat ito. This, you have to take of this God. What did God say? Cast all. Oh, it doesn't say that you, and then you do nothing. God, I have no job. Tapos tulog ka lang ng tulog sa bahay. No, no, you cannot do that. You have to do your part. Kaya nga, come, let us reason together. Why don't you have a job? I'm not applying. Ayun naman pala eh. Diba? Oh, why can you not attend worship? I have migraine every Sunday morning. Why? What happened? I go party every Saturday night. Oh, you know, Mampola, let us reason together. How can you justify all that? That's why you have to take responsibility. Look, come. Jesus Christ, come. Come to me, all of you, whoever you are, whatever your background is, whatever your problem is, come. And as I close, Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. This might be your prayer this morning. Hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. This world lost two very famous people, rich and famous. But they chose to, talk, to take their own lives. You know who I'm talking about, right? Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. Why? Why? You are famous. You have money. You have fame. Why? I submit to you, they took their own lives because they had no hope. If fame and fortune were the only things that really mattered in this world, they would not have taken their lives. Maybe they just needed somebody to talk to. It's been said that 
before Marilyn Monroe committed suicide that she made a telephone call. But when nobody answered, she decided to end it all. Maybe this is your prayer this morning. Hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. People, my friends, are dying left and right without even hearing about Jesus Christ. And we are here, comfortable, seated, nice place, air-conditioned, modest life, but we're saved. But sometimes, we're so comfortable with our salvation that we don't even bother to share about Jesus Christ. What if you knew Kate Spade? No. Oh, Mare. You have a new design? Uh, no, really. Uh, you know what? Uh, I just really wanted to call because I'm really down. I need somebody to listen. Or Anthony Bourdain. Hello? What? You have a new recipe? No, no, no. I uh, just wanted to say my goodbyes. Huh? Why? Introduce. You know, there's someone who is willing to listen to you. He hears you. He knows you. He cares for you. His timing is perfect. And he's willing to change you or your situation if you are willing to let him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your weary souls. That is Jesus. This is actually a song that we used to sing many, many years ago in CCF. And I'm going to close with this. And I encourage you to listen to the words of the song. And maybe you can identify to the words, these words, or to the lyrics of that song. And wherever you are, whatever your situation is, go ahead. Pour. But pour to God. If you want to, if it helps you to close your eyes and bow your heads, go ahead.
Psalm 61 Hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of all the earth I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against my enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. How are you this morning? Have you poured out your heart to God? I encourage you to do so because God hears, God knows, God cares, God's timing is perfect, and God can change you. Perhaps you're here this morning and you feel like King David, you're trapped, you're in prison. 
you can be set free this morning. Pour it out to God and listen to how God will answer you. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're still imprisoned by your sin because you have not yet come to faith in Jesus Christ. My encouragement to you this morning is that you can be set free because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you on the cross. Come to faith in Jesus and live by the power of His Holy Spirit and walk in newness of life. God, thank you for being the rock that is higher than I. Thank you that you are always there, that you are a rock, our fortress, our refuge, and our salvation. And we can pour our heart to you, O God. Because you hear us and you know every detail that is happening in our lives. And not only that, Lord God, you care. You care for us more than we ever care for you. And that because we trust you, we know that in your good pleasure, you will reveal your plan for us. And if not, Lord God, change our situation, then you are going to change us. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are and what you constantly do in our lives. Not because of who we are, Lord God, but because of who you are. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has already done for us. Come, you say. Come, you ask. Come, let us reason together. For though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for cleansing us with your blood. Thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our souls. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you empower us to live the godly Christian life, being humble, being selfless in all that we do. And Father, will you please forgive us? for the times that we have raised our voice against you, for the times that we have raised our fists against you, when we have complained about you, rather than coming to you and discussing it with you and hearing your still small voice answer to our heart's desire. God, thank you for allowing us this time to listen to your word. May you alone be glorified even we, as we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.